We're in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. And then we're going to skip down to verses 11 through 14. And I want to complete last week's message or do the second part of this series on passing the baton. Pass the baton. It's something that the Lord laid upon my heart that I believe that we must do, that the next generation must know about Jesus, that the next generation may not only know about Jesus, but be able to carry the baton of faith and to uh, come to a uh, relationship with the Lord that they can pass on to somebody else. So Second Timothy chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, and Paul said to Timothy, I am reminded... How many knows that sometimes you just need to be reminded? There are some things that we know. There are some things that we've experienced, but sometimes we need to be simply reminded of them. One of the most powerful things that you have in your possession is memory. It is important to remember what God has done for you and how God has delivered you. Can I get an amen this morning? So Paul says to Timothy, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. I remind you, there he goes again, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. You see, we're to fan that gift of God. We're to uh, stir it up, as the King James says, to fan it into flame, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Verse 11, And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame, because I know whom I have believed and convinced that he is able to guard. Say the word guard. He is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. What you have heard from me keep as a pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard. Say guard. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard. Say guard again. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. And may God add a blessing to the reading of His Word. Last week, we started on Mother's Day talking about how that Timothy was blessed. Not everybody is blessed with a godly mother or godly parents or godly grandparents. And Timothy was a blessed man. And we, I had you... Uh, pass these batons. Do you, do you remember that? I had you pass it uh, up one side and, and uh, up the other side, and we pass these batons simply as an illustration that there was a faith that was passed from Timothy's grandmother to Timothy's mother to Timothy. Now, it's important uh, that we understand that our faith, our grandmother's faith, won't get us into heaven. And our mother's faith won't get us into heaven. That we must have a faith that it might have been passed to us, but we must grasp it and we must hang on to it and we must 
do what we can do and, and to work with the Lord that we keep the faith. So we see that uh, Timothy had a faith. He had a faith in the Lord, and it was passed down to him, and it was a blessing to him. And Paul is reminding Timothy of this heritage that he has. Not everybody has a godly heritage. And he's saying, Timothy, you're blessed. And Paul knew that Timothy had a difficult job. He was pastoring a church that Paul had started, and this church... There were some problems. Uh, every church has some problems, but there were some big problems in this church of false teaching. Uh, Paul is reminding Timothy that you've got something inside of you that's going to help you get through this. I want to let you know this morning that you have a faith, whether or not you realize it this morning or not, but you have a faith deep down inside of you, if you have received the Lord as your Savior, that will get you through some tough times, that will help you overcome the mountains and get through the valleys and uh, be an overcomer in this life. You see, you have a gift of the Holy Spirit inside of you, and it is this gift of faith. We see that Paul reminds Timothy of that, reminding him that this faith has been passed on to him. Last week we said, if we have the faith, then we have a responsibility to pass that on to others, and we do it through Scripture, teaching young ones, teaching the next generation through prayer, through uh, our example, because we cannot afford to drop the baton. We want to make sure that it passes from one generation to the next. Now, I want to clarify something. As a generation of faith, you're responsible to pass it on to the next generation. But once you've done that, you're not allowed to just stop running your race. Hear me. I want to make sure that you understand that. You have a responsibility. Just because the faith has been passed on to the next generation does not mean that God's not still using you to feed into somebody else's life to do a work for the kingdom of God. Uh, so if I, in some manner, portrayed that, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it, it is necessity that we pass it on to the next generation, that it will be gone down through the generations and that we uh, might know, all of us know, Jesus Christ, right? So it is a faith that is passed on. There is a danger that it won't pass from one generation to another. Is a real danger. Last week I told you about my son who was in a race and his team, it was a relay race. His team should have won. They were the best team in the whole region and they should have went to the state tournament. But somebody on the team did not pass the baton in the exchange zone so they were disqualified and never made it to state. Wow. In the same way, in a spiritual realm, the baton of faith needs to be passed on. And so it's a necessity. And, and here Paul is reminding Timothy that this faith has been passed on to him from his grandmother to his mother. There's a responsibility for us to generationally do that. But now I want to look at Timothy and Paul's relationship, because there's something special about this. The Bible doesn't tell us much about 
Timothy's father, but it tells us a whole lot about his spiritual father. doesn't declare much about his biological father, but it tells us a whole lot about Paul, who was his spiritual father. And the commentators believe that Timothy was saved under Paul's ministry. And that from that point on, that Paul began to take him, that they began to go together to uh, the different regions and to the minister together. And here Paul is training up Timothy to be a pastor, to be a leader in the church, and we, we see that. Now, I want you to know that I'm so thankful for a godly mother and a godly father and some grandparents who knew the Lord. I'm blessed that I from a little child know and have known about the Lord and I was blessed to form a relationship of Jesus uh, with Jesus when I was just seven years old, filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit when I was nine. I look at that and I'm fondly reminded what God did, that He placed me in a family that would knew the Lord Jesus Christ, that I would have a relationship with Him. But I also want you to know that if it had not been for some more godly men and some more godly women who were filled with the Holy Spirit, who took me by the hand and who helped me and who leaded me and who guided me, I had some spiritual fathers and some spiritual mothers besides that. So I was double blessed pastor what are you saying not only do we have a responsibility to our heritage and our direct line our children and our grandchildren but we have a responsibility to those who may not have that privilege to lead them to Jesus Christ and be spiritual mentors to them now, I was double blessed but you see, there's a call on your life to be a spiritual mother to someone, ladies. To be a spiritual mother to another daughter in the faith. There's a call, gentlemen, on your life. And is it all right if I just preach here and teach uh, that we would be spiritual mentors to someone else? And I see that sometimes the church is missing that. We have a tendency to let those go by the wayside. But I believe that we all need a Timothy, and we all need a Paul in our lives. We, we need someone who is mentoring us and feeding into us and encouraging us and, and developing us, but you, we also need someone that we are doing that same thing with, that we're growing them up in the faith. Imagine if every person had a mama and daddy who knew the Lord. And every person had somebody in their church, maybe a, a, another mother, another spiritual father that was feeding into their life. I was double blessed, I'm telling you. Imagine the power of that in their lives. Powerful men and women of God. And so Paul is encouraging Timothy in this, and he tells to him, stir up the gift. Stir it. Stir it up. He's saying, fan that into a flame. Now, when I was growing up, we had a wood stove the back part of the house. And if you let that fire overnight burn, in the morning there was still a few little coals in there. 
And if you would take a poker and you would, how many have done this? You know what I'm talking about. You take a poker and you begin to stir up those coals and all of a sudden a little flame will flicker up and then you can feed that fire with some more wood and it will begin to burn. And that is what Paul was telling Timothy. He said, don't let it die out. You can't let it die out. You can't be passive about your faith in the Lord. you got to stir it up. This morning I want to encourage you. Stir up your faith. Stir up the gift of the Holy Spirit that is already inside you. So many of us are looking for some great manifestation of the Holy Spirit to come upon us. Some supernatural anointing. And and I'm not saying that the Lord doesn't do that, but I want you to know that you already have the gift inside of you. Just stir it up. Let it come forth. Stir up the gift. Look at your neighbor and say, stir up the gift. Stir it up. Let God use it. Don't be passive about it. Fan it into flame. Timothy needed this encouragement. It was a huge responsibility to take on this church. And Paul had something to impart to him. We talked about this Wednesday night. I want you to know that you have something. If you are a child of the king, if you grew up knowing the Lord, that you have something to impart to somebody else. You have knowledge. You have wisdom. You have giftings. You have all of those things that you can impart. And Paul said, hey, Timothy, don't be so passive. Don't be discouraged because remember, not only did you have a mama uh, who raised you up in the faith, but you also had me, a spiritual father, who laid your ha- hands upon you and imparted uh, the giftings of the Holy Spirit that was for you, and you've already got inside you what you need. Look at your neighbor and say, you've already got it in there. You've already got that spirit. Uh, you've already got that gifting that God will use for His kingdom. And it came through the laying on of hands, but also a recognition of the call of God on your life. That's what Paul did. He said, Timothy, you're special. God's got something going on in your life, and I don't want you to miss it. I don't want you to think that you're just ordinary. Nobody's ordinary, by the way. I don't want you to think that that you, you're just going to, uh, you know, slip under the radar. Timothy, I want you to understand. Hear me. I want you to understand that you have a special gifting. I'm recognizing that gifting. How many have ever, how many have you ever recognized the gifting of? It's important. I'm, I'm doing some teaching here. I had a spiritual mentor who went, who came to me and he said, come on, let's go pray for somebody. Let's go pray for this person. I feel like God wants you to lay hands on them. I feel like God wants you to speak a word to them. I feel like, and, and I was blessed to have that because they recognized the Spirit of God upon my life and the calling before I even recognized it myself. It's truth. We need to be good spiritual mothers and fathers and recognize the giftings of God upon those that God has placed in our life, those younger than us, sometimes not even those younger than us, sometimes those the same age, to recognize that gifting of the Lord. Stir it up, Timothy. Don't be passive. Stir it up. Fulfill the call of the Lord upon your life. You see, 
what was Paul saying? It was the Holy Spirit that already placed the gifts in there, but you got to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Come on, hear me. So many times we want to sit back and say, Lord, you put the gift in there. If you want me to use it, you just force it out of me. And that's not how the Holy Spirit works, by the way. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And he will let you sit back and do nothing. But you will be most miserable, my friend. I want you to know if you don't do what God's called you to do and use the gift that God has put in your, in your life, you will not be fulfilled, that you will not feel like that you are accomplishing what God has called you to do. But if you'll stir up that gift, if you'll reach out in faith and say, God, I don't know how you want me to do this, but I'm going to reach out in faith and I'm going to go ahead and do what you've called me to do, then God will bless it and God will use it for the edification of his kingdom. That's what the, those gifts are in our life. They're to bless the church. They're to bless it. You see, we're to stir up that gift. You can let that fire go out. If you don't attend to a fire, it will go out. And here's Paul, and he's saying, Timothy, you're the pastor. And if you let that fire die out, the church is going to be hurt by it. If you don't use the giftings that God has placed in your life, Timothy, the church is not going to prosper like it ought to. Can I tell you, uh, men and uh, women in here, if you don't use the giftings that God has placed in your life, then it will not uh, bless the church. It will hurt the church. God has a specific call upon your life to do certain things. How many would say amen? Stir up the gift. Stir it up. You see... We've got to continue to operate in those spiritual gifts. Continue to operate in them. You know, when the Holy Spirit was flowing like it was a few minutes ago, and, and I'm kind of hanging out and waiting and, you know, allowing the Holy Spirit to flow, and hopefully, you know, the, maybe the Holy Spirit will speak, but we have to allow God to use us. The church is powerful when the gifts of the Holy Spirit are in operation. Because then the Holy Spirit will speak through tongue and interpretation sometime and tell us direction, tell us to continue on in the path that we're in as we worship the Lord. Maybe someone will receive a, a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge as we operate in those giftings of the Lord. What am I, what am I doing? I'm telling you, you have freedom to operate inside of those gifts. Allow God uh, to use you uh, for the benefit of the kingdom of God. Look at your neighbor and say, don't drop the baton. Don't drop it. Don't drop it. Those words have been echoing through my mind the last two weeks. Don't drop the baton. There's an urgency that the next generation know the Lord. There's an urgency that they come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ and not just a superficial knowledge, but a deep relationship with Jesus Christ. Don't give up. Don't drop the baton. Don't think it's too late. That's a lie of the enemy. But God is preparing for them to receive the baton. Don't drop the baton. Pass it on. Look at your neighbor and say, pass the baton. Pass that baton of faith. You see, 
the, the Lord gave me two, I'm going to call it a revelation, but he, he placed it in my mind that here was Timothy with a biological or a generational legacy. What a blessing. What a blessing. Grandma knew the Lord. How many can say grandma knew the Lord, right? Mama knew the Lord. Daddy knew the Lord. And it was passed on, and I received that, and I didn't. Maybe I ran for a little bit away from it, but I, I come back to the Lord, and I'm running my race now. What a blessing. First service, I talked about great-grandpa Harmon. There was no question about his faith. Huh. You walk in his house, you might pray when you first get there. You for sure are going to pray over the food till it gets cold. As a kid, I'm looking up like, come on. I'm hungry. And then before you would leave, you'd kneel down. And I'm not talking about some Mickey Mouse prayer. I'm talking about he got a hold of heaven. And he said, God bless my family. God bless my kids. God, I thank you for that sweet Holy Ghost. And he would just begin to pray, and, and, and you feel the, the presence of God, feel that room. What a, a generational legacy. But even if you don't have that, here's a term that God gave to me. There's a spiritual legacy, a mentor, a child of God who's fed into your life who knows Jesus, who are filled with the Holy Spirit, and they can feed into your life, and you'll feed off of that, and you become the person that God's called you to do, and then you become a spiritual mentor, and you feed into somebody else's life. You see, God calls the faith to be perpetual from one generation to the next. Psalm says, one generation shall praise thy name before the other. See, I don't want this thing to stop. I want it to pass from one generation to the next, to the next. And even if you don't have that biological, generational legacy, my friend, you can have that spiritual legacy in your life. I'm so thankful for the men and the women of God who have fed into my life. And we need to do the same for others. Amen. Look at your neighbor just one more time and say, don't drop the baton. Pass it on.